Welcome to the Spring into Data podcast series by SAP. This podcast series is a follow-up to our analytics series of last year. We are not letting grass grow under our data. Our new 2021 spring collection of podcasts will take an even deeper look at analytics topics like master data governance, data-driven strategies, content management, and more. Okay, I'll give you another one. Welcome to the Spring Into Data podcast series by SAP. This podcast series is a follow-up to our analytics series of last year. We're not letting grass grow under our data. Our new 2021 spring collection of podcasts will take an even deeper look at analytics topics like master data governance, data-driven strategies, content management, and more. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the final installment of SAP's Spring Into Data webinar series. I'm Blake Howitt, and I'm with SAP's North American Platform and Technologies team. I am joined here today by my friends, Mr. Scott Dillon, who is with the SAP Business Process Intelligence Center of Excellence, and my friend, Jason Gross, who is with the Business Technology Platform Center of Excellence. Our topic today is integration and the value of pre-built content. And as usual, as our discussion moves along today, we're going to do our best to take questions from the chat where we, can, where we have the time and where it makes contextual sense to do so. Guys, thank you very, very much for joining me today. It is awesome to have you here. Good morning. Good afternoon. Thanks for the nice introduction, uh, Blake. How are you doing today, Jason? Uh, I'm doing great, Scott. Uh, yeah, thanks again, Blake. And, and thank you, Scott, for being here. I think um, a lot of the folks uh, on the webinar today have seen me talk about this um, a few times Very now. Very recently, last, right? <laughs> yeah, over the last year, year and a half. So fresh, fresh name, fresh, fresh face, fresh voice on it. Um, I think that'll be great. Thanks, Scott. So no let me, let's, in the interest of time here, let's, let's do this. Let's get right into the, the meat of this because I think this is central enough to our theme and our messaging this, this year and, and into the future that I think our listeners are going to really enjoy hearing from you guys on this topic. But in, in an effort to kind of set the stage here, um, Scott, why don't we start with just a quick primer on what the business technology platform is and is not. And then after we kind of clear that, let's, then we can get into the depths of, of integration services and, and I guess what I'll call SAP's take on what modern integration really looks like. Does that work for you guys? Absolutely. No so problem. Scott, you take it away. All right, thanks, thanks, Blake. Thanks, Jason. So I guess, uh, what's that expression you see sometimes in the movies? You, you think you got out, and then they pull me back in. So Very well said. Yeah, so anyway, so uh, most people that know me know me from the, the days that I spent in SAP Cloud Platform and just trying to give the team a little bit of a helping hand today and talk about some of the integration capabilities of the business technology platform, but of course it all stems from the idea that SAP wants to provide a comprehensive set of features, functions, services that allow companies to achieve the intelligent enterprise. And you know, an intelligent enterprise is essentially um, every company's, um, I guess I would say, desire or challenge to make things better every day. And the way that you do that is you take a, a very prescriptive set of steps in an attempt to make things better. So continuous improvement, you make a change, you see where that, where that goes. And, of course, uh, most companies that I talk to 
they're very complicated. They're very comprehensive. They've got a lot of data, a lot of services, a lot of site applications, and that's just the way it is. So when you look at this diagram from SAP that is trying to reflect, you know, all the pieces that we have, it's um, it's a simplified diagram for sure, and we'll get into some of the details behind it. But at the very base, you see that we have something referred to as SAP BTP, and there's four primary components of that. You have the DDM component, the database and data management. You have the analytics stack. You have the application development integration and intelligent technologies. Because the reality is um, everybody needs to manage your data in some way, shape, or form. Everybody's trying to get you know, insight out of the data. Everyone's trying to display it in a way that's super simple for everyone to comprehend and just look at it and go, wow, you know, I didn't realize that about that particular area of my business. Uh, there seems to be an ever-increasing need to develop you know, better applications and better integration because of the proliferation of silo systems. And intelligent technologies have been coming on strong over the past couple of years, things like machine learning, RPA, it's just, uh, and the list goes on and on there. So there's, there's this layer that sits underneath what I refer to as, you know, the intellectual property from SAP, the applications that SAP delivers that customer buys to solve a business problem. And so you have the intelligent suite, the industry cloud. It's really just, you know, the business processes that we package up either for on-prem or we package them up for the cloud that people can take advantage of depending on how much flexibility you might want in a particular application. If you want to take an application, put it on-prem, perhaps modify it a bit more than you would with a SaaS application, you, you know, you pick which one makes most sense for you. And, of course, across the top, you have the business network. So, of course, SAP has been investing heavily in applications like Concur and Ariba so uh, customers can connect their business to a, a value network where there's many other vendors at play and able to interact with them in a way that's easy. And so, anyway, so that's, you have the business layer across the top, you have the business processes in the middle, you have the technology uh, at the bottom as a foundational layer, and then we have, of course, the ability to run a lot of these services on some of the world's biggest and best uh, infrastructure as a service providers like AWS and GCP. So that's kind of the, the setting the stage for that, um, and Blake and Jason. But then when you start, you know, looking behind it a bit, you know, a couple of the areas that I was particularly interested in, you know, what are these, there's, an, a, there's a term here referenced in the middle of the slide, like what are these sweet qualities? Because it's, the, the conversation is often one of, well, you know, I can download X, and, you know, X is the open source flavor of the day, but normally X is often done in isolation. It's not done with the idea that it would be integrated with the other services. So a couple of examples, like uh, this idea of one workflow inbox where if a customer is working on, you know, their plant maintenance system inside of ECC and they want to surface a work order that has to be approved, we have an inbox for that. And whereas if somebody was in line for a promotion and they wanted to surface that, well, couldn't, wouldn't it be nice or wouldn't that be productive and wouldn't that be nice for the customer experience, a.k.a. the employee experience, that that could be put into the same inbox? And what about this notion of end-to-end -end, uh, process blueprints? We'll, and we'll see that in a minute with some of the content that we have. So you have this notion of sweet qualities that can only come from someone that has a suite of products. And, of course, SAP is one of the largest independent software manufacturers in the world. So we've got a lot of business process. So that's... Just kind of there's a there's this notion of a sweet sweet qualities and that's
So then, do you want to do you want to start going right into the integration suite here, Blake? Yeah, yeah. And I was gonna, I was actually gonna kind of make the point here that at at the center of the BTP, at the center of the business technology platform, there's what we've traditionally referred to as the cloud platform, right? And, and uh, specifically, cloud platform integration services. Now, as someone who used to architect and build point-to-point <laughs> -point integrations, I can say that today we, we would never do that, right? Technology's leapt so far forward now that the old point-to-point -point integration model and strategy that I grew up with seems like an antique, kind of like, you know, an interesting, maybe even curious, like an old Model T truck you drag out on the weekends to you know, brag about to your friends, but not something you'd ever have today as a daily driver. So talk a little bit more about our view on integration, modern, efficient, intelligent integration, Scott, if you can. Yeah, 100%. That's a really, um, a really good point because what's really come across, I think, in the last um, three to five years as I was you know, working on the SAP Cloud Platform like 24 hours a day, it seems, seven days a week, is that there is a need for different types of integrations and technologies depending on the scenario. So this is really important. So, of course, for years, SAP could expose services from ECC and S4 as what was referred to as a remote function call. So you could have a service exposed, and then you'd put, you know, the uh, old school, the Java connector on top, and that would be a direct integration with SAP. And that's still there today, and people still use it. But then the question becomes, just on that particular point, well, how do people find out how many services are available to be used inside of S4? And the classic example is, you know, you hire someone, they come in, they create 10 services, they leave, and then somebody else then, the day after they leave, needs one of those services that he or she built. Well, how do you find them? And so enter in the notion of, you know, um, APIs, application programming interfaces, where, yes, there's some different technology that wraps that, whether it's REST or SOAP, but then there's this notion of a hub, a hub where you would register that API. So then when it does come time to do integration, people can go in there, find the service they want, and then start and start using it and, you know, not rebuild it potentially. So that's one aspect. So the standardization of the protocol that's used to invoke these services, and there's a, definitely a time and a place for that. Not to be confused with, you can see here in this diagram, we've got this um, cloud integration component. So then we refer to this as remediated content. So oftentimes when you're doing application to application or B2B type scenarios, the source of the uh, integration is not the same as the target. Classic, right? So SCP goes out, we buy success factors, we've got HCM running inside of ECC and S4, and guess what? The record structure for employee does not match the one for employee, uh, sorry, the record structure inside Employee Central doesn't match the employee structure inside HCM. So remediation has to happen there. A transformation has to happen. So then the question then is, where does that, where does that happen? Where should that happen? And so the whole idea of providing this cloud integration, this end-to-end -end process integration, is to provide those mappings, providing the connection to those endpoints for customers as part of the solution, and we'll see that in a minute. But then there's the last one, at least for me, that's probably the most um, exciting and, and the area that I love to focus on when I was in Cloud Platform Team is this notion of enterprise messaging. So here we have a scenario where 
um, customers say, well, you know, wouldn't it be compelling if I could react in real time to events that are happening inside my, my system or record? So, for example, you have a, um, a production order that is modified in some way, shape, or form inside the S4 system, and you'd like to notify somebody about that. Maybe the status changes, maybe there's a delay in that particular uh, production. You want to make people aware. So with the enterprise messaging, the idea is, A, we want to provide you know, an enterprise class bus in the cloud that people can put events on. But the bigger part of that is SEP wants to provide automatically, I would say, or out of the box, a connection between S4 and that messaging bus. And I think uh, just in this month's um, you know, reinstallment of the Garage Series, they covered exactly that. And so the idea is you have a pub sub, you publish an event for that production order, and then any application, regardless of the type of technology that was used to build it, could respond to it in real time, or what I, you know, I call it near real time. Anything that happens within like a second to me is pretty much near real time, so you could react to that. And so then you have these different ways that you can do integration, but then we need to get into, okay, so then where does the content come into play? Well, if SAP, for example, just in the cloud integration space, if we go back and we talk about the success factors, employee central hooking into a um, uh, ECC system or an S4 system, there's a few parts of that puzzle, right? So number one, there's the, there's the technical connectivity. So it's clear that one piece of content that SAP has to provide would be the adapters that hook into these various systems. So as we're buying uh, solutions, you know, whether it's Concur or Reaver Success Factors, it's clear that not all of them always use the same sort of connectivity. It'd be nice if the entire world ran on REST and nothing but REST, but that's not the way that it works. So sometimes it'll be OData, sometimes it'll be uh, SOAP, sometimes it'll be a flat file or FTP, and so the platform supports all of that. And when you look at these end-to-end -end process scenarios, this is a big part of what we provide. So yes, we provide the technical connectivity, but we'll also provide the mapping, and we'll see some examples of that in a minute. So that's there's um, maybe just one or two other things to mention on here. So there's the open connectors as well. So maybe I'm going to say three years ago, uh, SAP um, developed this partnership with Cloud Elements, and they provided us with about 160 uh, third-party, aka non-SAP adapters. So when you're using our integration services, it shouldn't be a case where you think, oh, well, you know, this technology from SAP, it's only used for SAP. It couldn't be further from the truth. Uh, I think, you know, 60 to 70% of our integration scenarios involve a non-SAP system, which is a pretty high number. And so that open connectors for sure would facilitate that. And you would use those in situations where we didn't or we don't have an adapter out of the box that fits. For example, maybe you're talking about uh, Google Drive. Well, we don't have a a fixed um, adapter or connector for that out-of-the-box integration services, but we've got one as part of the Open Connectors library. And then last but not least, <clears throat> down here on the bottom, you've got this um, domain model of metadata. So SAP is trying very hard to provide this notion of a one-domain model where we look at some of the core objects. So for example, think about something like a customer or a sales order where you might have something um, inside of S4 that has a definition for customer or for order, and you might have one in the uh, cloud for customer that has another similar but slightly different. 
So the idea from SCP is that we will harmonize that and give you a one domain model that you can start building your applications on top of to simplify that development. So there's quite a bit um, going on here in this slide, and there's quite a bit of technology behind it. Um, the, the one final thing I'll say, because I, I just noticed it here, this shouting my name, the integration advisor. So, you know, um, SAP, several years ago, they said, uh, you know, we've been doing, um, we had the, uh, just having a, a moment here, what was the name of it? I think it was the B2B adapter that used to be, or it still is, part of the SAP on-premise solution for integration. And yeah. whenever you talk yeah. about that, right, that was the solution that we had, was the B2B one, right? And so when you look right. at those mappings, they're quite, um, I would say, comprehensive. So we're not talking about two or three fields that need to be mapped, you know, when you're doing these EDI-type transactions. They're quite lengthy. Anybody that does that type of work will tell you, yeah, Scott, it's not for the faint of heart when you start sitting down and doing these mappings. So the question would be, you know, what could SAP do to make that easier? And so enter in the integration advisor where we took you know, some AI, some artificial intelligence. We start looking at the mappings that customers were doing in that space, and we provide that. So you basically log into the service, you specify the region you're in, the type of record mapping you want to do, and then SCP, with the service that it has, so the integration advisor will basically say to you, hey, does this look about right? Is this, you know, what you need? And what you will often find is that maybe out of the box, you're going to get a 70 to 80% match for those types of mappings that you need to do. So that's, you know, it's not 100%, but for me, if I can, you know, if it's 80% and it would have taken 10 days and all of a sudden it takes two, pretty big value prop there. So anyway, so there's a, there's a lot going on there, um, Blake, and then down the left-hand side, you can see all the SCP LOBs that we're more or less interacting with or integrating with today. Sure, sure. Okay, then... <laughs> This is, I think, a great slide. So it's, you know, the Netflix for integration. And so uh, I, I like it. So when you look at these, you know, different business processes, when we go around and we talk to customers and they say, you know what, we're looking at a hire to retire scenario, a lead to cash scenario, issue to resolution, you know, how does the SEP integration suite help with that? And so oftentimes up here on the top right-hand side, we will see uh, some numbers. And sometimes the numbers don't immediately resonate with people when we say, you know, we have 2,000-plus pre-built integrations. And so for me, when I see that, like in the back of my mind, I see dollar signs behind that because people would normally need to build those themselves. So if you were building a lead-to-cash integration scenario, if you were building a source-to-pay integration scenario, if you're building it yourself, and let's say you're, you're an experienced person that does integration, but you've never used SEP before. Well, finding out where those employee tables are might be a bit of a challenge because sometimes it's not labeled customer. You might not know where to look. The structure might be unfamiliar with you or to you. And so that's really important. And then this open connectors we mentioned, being able to get access to uh, non-SEP. The pre-built events, this is an area that will get more and more attention going forward as SEP builds out what's being referred to as the enterprise event mesh. So stay tuned for more details on that. And then 10 times the savings and five times the execution. And so I don't have the details on that particular case study, but I think when I go through the one example that I've got towards the end of this presentation, you might come to the conclusion yourself that it's at least 10 times and potentially even more. So let's keep going and see how that, um, how that looks. So, 
it's um, so just thinking about integration in general, most times when we walk into a customer and, you know, if they're comparing SAP integration services with a non-SAP product, some of the stuff I would, I would suggest down the left-hand side, it's more or less commodity. Like if you don't have a HTTP adapter, you can't call yourself, you know, an enterprise class integration service. And so with SAP, I've noticed that over the past, you know, few years, the list is getting longer and longer. I would suggest that this is one that's really recently been added, the uh, JDBC or Java Database Connectivity. And now we have a version of that adapter that can run on-premise, take information out of an on-premise database via JDBC, which a lot of customers have a lot of um, standalone or enterprise applications built on databases like Microsoft, like Oracle. So now we can take information from this JDBC adapter and then funnel it over to the cloud where it can be remediated, massaged, and then passed on to another system. And then, of course, you can see down below, there's a lot of application adapters. The open connectors, we've got a, a small list, but also the adapter developer kit. So if you needed to create an adapter, you could also do that. And of course, the list of people that want to, that are providing adapters is getting longer as well. This is one that um, the Kafka adapter is also fairly new. And so this is an area that I know I would be asked about this probably once every couple of months because a lot of customers have gone down the Kafka path for, um, you know, for an eventing type of product. And so they were asking us, you know, how can I tap into, you know, my Kafka infrastructure and pull things out and use it in conjunction with integration services. So now we have that adapter, which is amazing. So that's um, quite compelling, I think, as well. And then uh, this is also um, quite eye-opening, I think, for customers that would, would, you know, suggest to us that, you know, our product potentially can scale like some of the other ones. And we could just look at a couple here. So, for example, you know, 23-plus million API calls by a single customer in a day, 3-plus uh, billion messages processed per month across all SAP integration suite tenants, 1-plus uh, billion API calls per month across all SAP integration suites. So this, there's a lot billion, of numbers. Billion, billion with a B, right? We like, <laughs> we like to say billion with a B, right, exactly. Yeah, 100%. So, you know, there shouldn't be this concern that, you know what, we're going to go down this path with SAP and they're not going to be able to handle the kind of scale that we do. I think if you're beyond these numbers, um, we'd like to talk to you for sure and see uh, see where that goes. So that's anyway, so there's a lot of numbers there. It's a lot of uh, opportunity to talk and, you know, maybe pound our chest a little bit about where we've come from on the integration side of us a couple of years. And then last year when I was... Um, you know, handling or doing a lot of the integration type work, you know, there was a lot of work that was going on by SAP to move us up, you know, have a better view via some of the analysts. And I think largely in part, you know, from my perspective, because of the content that we had developed that we'll get to in a second. So the content was one thing. And I think then the second thing had a lot to do with the fact that we had come out with um, some additional adapters number two, and then number three, the content. So when you start pairing those three together, um, the adapters and the content, and I think, you know, just overall the scalability the number of customers we're getting, it led us to be placed, you know, right square in the middle 
of the leader squadron on the top right. Now, for me, this is, you know, what I used to do for customers is I would draw a circle around, you know, the middle of that top right quadrant. And I would do that because, you know, anybody that's in that top right-hand quadrant has got a really good technical offering. It doesn't mean that they've got the content to back it up. So, and, and the analogy that I would sometimes use is just imagine, you know, yourself, you've got um, maybe the best, um, to date myself a little bit, maybe you've got the best DVD player on the market, but if you don't have any DVDs to put in it, what's the point? Or if you've got <laughs> the best fridge on the market and you've got no food. So, you know, it, it's one thing to say that you've got one of the world's best integration platforms, but SAP has one of the best integration platforms sitting on the world's largest enterprise applications. You can't have an API, like a functional API, without the business logic underneath it. So this is a, a really different aspect of the SAP integration suite because we're, we're making it specifically to integrate with the applications that we have. And so that's uh, an important point there. Okay, hey, Scott. Um, I yes, just sir. to the Gartner piece. I just want to add real quick. Um, you know, the other piece that works real well here is when we talk about our app dev uh, side, our extensions. Right, is also um, was also in the the leader quadrant for Gartner in 2020. But then more recently this year, back to integration, um, we were one of only two vendors in that top right hand corner for their uh, the peer insights. Um, report. So again, you know, just being recognized in the industry of uh, you know being a leader, both by Gartner and by our customers, which is I think is a really important piece to that. Yeah, 100% it is because I think it's um, the two. It's almost um, it's really difficult to separate, at least from my perspective, extensions and integration because oftentimes they go hand in hand. So if you were, you know, let's say someone came to you, Jason, and they said, you know what, we want to build an application mobile, web-based, that would immediately, you know, notify a vendor when their stock was low, you know, for their customer. So if you were using um, SAP ECC S4, using eventing, you could, you know, be watching the inventory levels when something went really, really low. You could immediately, you know, send a message via enterprise messaging and eventing to that vendor to say, you know what? We're low on this particular stock. Can you help us out? And, or it could be just someone like myself. I'm a customer. I'm looking for something on a website like I did a couple of days ago. I went in. I was looking for a new, uh, a new weed trimmer, and they're out of stock. Well, it would have been nice if I could have said, just notify me, click, and then you know that event is being watched on the back end. And as soon as it comes in, it sends me a tweet to say, hey, Scott, the weed trimmer is in or something like that. So the, But the, the point there was that integration, tight integration, into ECC and S4 lends itself very well to loosely coupled agile extensions to SAP. And so this is always something that I would be, you know, reemphasizing to customers. Look to make your extensions and integrations based on loosely coupled technologies like eventing and messaging, and then anything you build outside, it's loosely coupled. And then so you can take things away, you can add things in, it just becomes an amazing architecture. Um, does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Great, great description. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, let's move on. You know, where's all this content coming from or these 2,000 integration packages? So for customers that are not aware 
or have never seen it, you can go to api.sap.com, or you can, and when you go to that site, you'll see a, a prompt for the new beta version. But the idea is, you know, it used to be api.sap.com was to list only the APIs that SAP had. But now you can see the content types, business processes, APIs, events, integration packages. The repository is getting bigger and bigger all the time. And this is where you would go. So when a customer says, you know, I want to do a um, order to cash integration scenario, or if I want to do an employee success factors integration scenario, where do I start? Well, this is where you start. So you would come here, first thing you do, go in, start perusing the library, the repository of what's available, and take a look and see what's in there. And when you jump in there and you go to the top where it says API Business Hub, and so I'm looking at the beta version, down the right-hand side, you will see all the content categories. So all you need to do is pick on the type of integration you want to do. And this goes back to, you know, Blake's point, you know, the days of only point-to-point -point are over, and now we have all these other ones with the remediated content. Yes, the APIs. Um, yes, the various services. Yes, the events. And so they're all listed there. So all you have to and, do is and, click on one. And, Scott, it's impossible to to overstate the importance of this library, this kit, if you will, for, for integration and extension. And uh, Jason Gross, I know you love to tell this story, so I'm going to give you a couple seconds here. You've got an interesting perspective that maybe paints it a little more vividly about the importance of, uh, of, of pre-built and kit. Tell, tell, why don't you tell our listeners that, that brief little story that I know you love to tell. Yeah, we'll talk about Legos. I love talking about Legos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I use a Lego analogy for this because, you know, one, everyone knows what they are, right? Um, and I love them as a toy, as a, as, as a kid. Um, so even if you didn't, right, you, you at least know what they are, right? And um, I, you know, that was a long time ago, so I'd have big piles of Legos. And um, it was great because um, I had to be creative, to build anything purposeful, right? But now, you know, I have children of my own, um, and I look at Legos today, and, you know, you go into a store, you go online, you know, there's a picture of something on the box, and let's use, I use a Ferrari as an example, right? So you want to build a Ferrari, you get this kit, it has every single piece that you need, it has the instructions that you need, and, and it shows you, you know the desired outcome when you, when you purchase that box. So I talk about, you know, what if you went into, um, uh, an integration scenario or uh, customizing an application that you know what you want to do, right? But, you know, what if you had all of the components and the instructions on the front end knowing that, you know, you were going to get there successfully, right? And then when we talk about all this content, you know, that's exactly what it does. It gets you there much quicker, right? And, and you know, a lower, a lower TCO and a lower uh, cost, you know, total cost of development, Right, um, uh, because I, yep. yeah, my yep. last, my last comment say, is that with my pile of Legos, go ahead, with, with the, a tremendous amount of time and a thousand red Legos, I wouldn't be able to build that same Ferrari, right? As <laughs> as I would with with the kids. It's just not going to happen. But so so that's the Lego just, analogy. <laughs> I just but thank you for that, and I, I marvel at the number of times when I was you know back in the day, a hundred years ago, building point-to-point -point integration. The number of times that my Ferrari 
look more like a steamship, and I had to go back and remediate my Ferrari to, to make it approximate a, a Ferrari as much as I could. And even then, I didn't have all the components I needed. It was it was very very rough. But Scott, I knocked you off the trail here. I apologize, but please please do continue. Thanks. No, it's it's uh, that's perfect. Because I mean, at the end of the day, I mean the the point is for me is well taken because when you pop into um, the api.sap.com site you can essentially see and filter your you know your lego pieces by this content category so we talked earlier about remediated content so when you click on the content category for integrations that's exactly what you see you see basically um, you'll see a list of all the quote unquote legos for integration and so this is one it's for the um, learning management integration with SEP FICO. And this is extremely important because we're seeing a very small portion of this integration scenario provided by SEP. And so what that means is content modifier. So every box that's labeled as a content modifier is a requirement to do some sort of transformation on the structure coming in or going out. And so, AKA, um, every one of those boxes requires time to build. So if you were building it yourself, and if you look at how much there is to this integration scenario, it's not a trivial scenario. So when we say to somebody, hey, look, why don't we, why don't we do a race here? Blake, you're gonna go ahead and you're gonna build this LMS, SEP, FICO scenario on your own, and Scott, we're going to let you do the same thing, but you're going to use the out-of-the-box Legos. So you can go ahead and start today, Blake, and I'm going to give you a three-week head start. <laughs> and I'm going to drop in in about three weeks from now, and I'm going to activate this content, and I'm going to be done. <laughs> not fair, now, Scott. It's not fair. It's totally not fair. Now let's walk this through, because what's going to happen from that point forward is that this scenario fully supported by SAP. So if there's a change required to it, or maybe we modify the technology underneath the covers, we ensure that it keeps working. Now, with your scenario that you're going to spend the next three weeks building, you're going to be on the hook to maintain that and support that going forward. And in addition, there are some um, interesting things here um, with respect to the monitoring and how we track messages through the system, which is another aspect of it. This is one of them. So for a company that's of any size, and they had to do HR integration, finance integration, procurement integration, and all those different, you know, um, typical, like, uh, order to cash scenarios that we saw earlier, <laughs> this is where that content comes into play. So you have to ask yourself the question, is it going to be 10 times faster, 20 times faster? I don't know, because if I had to start from scratch, for sure, this is going to be 10 times faster for me to take that content out of the box. So that's one scenario the second one is APIs. so when someone says like how, how do i get access to sap like how can i build an app maybe i want to build an app for mobile that would display uh, purchase order information well there's an api for that so you don't have to go in and build something from scratch a lot of the apis that we have are already listed um so we'll just go check those out and then last but not again i wouldn't be um doing myself justice if i didn't mention my favorite area on the eventing side because it's loosely coupled. It's a big area for SCP going forward. We also now list event packages. So if you were going in and you wanted to say to yourself, well, hey, how could I be notified 
every single time my customer record changes, you could just activate the events for business partner, have those published to the bus, and then subscribe to all the incoming changes, and away you go. And so that could be applied to production orders, purchase orders, business partners, whatever um, scenario was you know relevant for your integration scenario. So you're looking at you know uh, reasons to potentially consider the integration suite from SAP. I'll just mention a couple. So number one, I'll start with number seven, because customers know if you're going to attach or implement a hybrid scenario, aka you're taking something from your on-premise system, sending it over to the cloud, doing something, and then either connecting back to your on-prem system or connecting with something in the cloud as well, which is the tra traditional definition of hybrid, you need to have security for that. And so whether it's the um, content encryption as an example that you need to do or the secure on-premise connectivity, which we kind of spell out and put a big you know, light on it on our website with the uh, cloud connector, that's one part. It might be, you know, the, the content coming from partners, which could be another, you know, um, value proposition, or it could be the out-of-the-box content that we talked about, but there's a lot of reasons why customers are choosing, and you saw some of the numbers that we talked about on the scaling side. So there's, um, yeah, so that's it, Blake. We're, um, we're at the bottom of the hour. I think that's about uh, 25, 30 minutes on why SAP integration services. Does that make sense? Any questions? That's that's beautiful, guys. I can't thank you enough for being here with with me today to to, to put uh, to put this across to to our listeners. I know this was valuable, and I know there were uh, a lot of questions in the chat that we did not get to. Um, I will I will address those in in just another second. But I wanted to make sure before you guys slip off to say thank you very much for doing this for us today. This was really informative. Thank you both. Now, I mentioned earlier that there were a lot of questions in the chat we weren't able to get to with the time that we had to work with today. Sit tight. We will be getting back in touch with you. Somebody from SAP will reach out for you and, and try and address your question. I'll also add that if you're interested in hearing more about this, or if you're interested in some one-on-one -on -one time with either Scott or Jason, you can always reach out for your SAP account executive. I want to thank Scott and Jason for doing a bang-up job today in describing and, and walking through what can be a very complex conversation. We hope this was useful time for, for you, our listeners. So on behalf of Scott, Jason, and everybody here at SAP, including myself, I'll say, I hope this puts some spring in your step. 